Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and practitioner of the healing arts, living on the unceded, traditional territories of the Coast Salish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. On this show, we speak with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. No matter what we believe in, we can learn to lead from love and speak from the heart so we can usher in true peace and healing on this planet together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey there, this is Surya. Welcome to another episode of A Voice for Love. And today we're going to talk about what is the responsibility of spiritual teachers and people who are running spiritual and wellness-based businesses to speak up and out about current events. And, you know, I woke up this morning knowing that I had to address this. And it's actually something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. And I was initially going to do an Instagram live teaching on the subject and I decided instead to make it into a podcast uh, for ease of listening because, you know, podcasts can be listened to more easily, you know, when we're driving, when we're cooking, whatever we're doing, you know, it's easy to listen. And I think this is a really important topic because it's a discussion that a lot of us have found ourselves in, not only in the past few months, but over the past few years, as we have seen the spiritual industry booming in a very sort of capitalistic way, which is not all bad. And I will always say this, that I think it's incredible. And it's extraordinary that there are women and people running spiritually based businesses, mostly digitally online, who are making millions of dollars a year because this was completely unheard of. Even just a few years ago, we could never even imagine such a thing. So that this is happening is a testament to how much in desire spirituality is, how necessary spirituality is, how necessary the topics of wellness are and how so many people are looking for ways to better their life and their quality of life. And this is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. This is a wonderful thing because it shows that people's focus is put in a more positive direction. However, what we also see happening a lot is that a lot of these you know, so-called spiritual teachers and healers and leaders do not necessarily lead when it comes to certain public events and and happenings and things that are going on outside in the world. And there is some debate that is going on even right now within these communities. It happens in the yoga world. It happens in the world of healers. It happens in the world of wellness. And it's this question of, do we have a responsibility to teach on and comment on world events? Now, I, of course, lean towards yes, that we do. Because as someone who is a a, a teacher or, or a healer, you know, that role traditionally is a very revered role in the community. And it's an important role because usually the healer is somebody that people come to um, and there's some element of trust there that you feel that you can trust this individual to look after your needs and the needs of your family and perhaps to confide in or consult in when it is needed and when it's necessary. And yet what we've seen is that a lot of the people in the spiritual industry and a lot of these big booming accounts online and people who have big booming businesses are very somewhat like 
sort of superficially focused on things like, you know, manifestation and creating things for yourself, which is great. You know, of course, I am not opposed to people having nice things, people wanting nice things. I'm not opposed to any of it. And in fact, I do believe that as spiritual teachers and healers, you know, we have a responsibility to heal our money issues because the more income and that we can generate as, you know, conscious and caring people, those funds that we're able to manifest and generate, hopefully will be going back into our communities and going, you know, not only to help us achieve our dream life, but also to, to be of service in some ways, you know, in some way to, to others and to our communities. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with making money and there's nothing wrong with making money from a spiritual, from a spiritually based business. Okay. And yet, you know, for me, I find it very sort of disheartening and I've been watching a lot of people, everyone from, you know, big famous accounts to people that I know, to people that I follow to really see how they show up during times of global distress and how they show up during, you know, when there are things going on out there in the world that often do need to be addressed. And what I find, unfortunately, all too often is that we have many teachers and healers and leaders that are very silent when it comes to addressing world affairs. Now, let's talk about why wouldn't people speak up and out, okay? What would be the reason? So there's a few different reasons, okay? One of them is fear, Okay, for a, a lot of us have fear about speaking up about topics that might be controversial, either because we don't know enough about that topic, which is one of the reasons I was going to get to as well as not having enough information, which is fair enough. Sometimes we've been taught things like don't talk about politics or don't address these types of topics because it's going to rock the boat and we don't want that, you know, and th- this can be conditioning that perhaps came from our families. It could have come from school. It could have come from, from some sort of religious institution, you know, there's a lot of places that we could have picked up this message that it's not appropriate to speak about, you know, politically charged topics inside of a business or inside of a, you know, perhaps an institution or an area where we're going for spiritual knowledge, okay? So fair enough. If that's your programming and if that's what you've been taught, then of course it's going to challenge you to be asked to speak up about things. And, and, you know, we have heard the call for, please, like we need more people to speak up. We need more people to speak out, especially with what is going on right now in Israel and Palestine. And this is a big one because, you know, if you live in America or if you live in Canada, these are your tax dollars that are going to support the war crimes that are currently going on right there. So for anyone who says, this is not my business and this is not my responsibility, well, yes, if you live in a country that is funding these war crimes in either way, then you do have a responsibility because these are your tax dollars in action. Not to mention that I believe we do have a responsibility to our fellow human beings to speak up for them on their behalf. You know, and in this case, you know, in the situation that's been unfolding over the past few months in Israel, we have the people in Gaza literally asking us to please share, please share what is happening to them. And for me personally, when I hear that kind of a cry coming from somebody who's had everything that they know destroyed, who's had no food, no water, living off, living in a tent in the freezing cold in the middle of winter, I don't have the heart not to heed that cry. Now, 
Maybe not everyone has heard this cry. Maybe not everyone is aware of what's going on. And this is also another reason why people don't speak out. You know, a lot of times there are people who are on a spiritual path that feel that in order for them to live at their, you know, in their best and highest life, that they need to tune out the events of the world. And so this is where a bit of the debate has been raging over the past few months. And it's not the first time I've seen it come up, but I've seen it come up a lot. And it is that, you know, sometimes spiritual people will say things like, I'm too sensitive or I'm too empathetic to watch these devastating world events that come that 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 are being shown to us. So I'm just not gonna look. And you know, that is what some people do. And I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. And everyone has to follow their own guidance. And perhaps if you are dealing with a lot in your personal life, perhaps if you have a lot of trauma, you're not going to be able to look at certain types of imagery. I understand that. And I respect that. For me personally, in general, you know, I don't watch violent movies. I don't watch fights. I don't watch any of those things. I've never been able to. I used to work in a nightclub and every time there was a fight, which was often, I just, I couldn't stand it. I cannot stand to see human beings, you know, being violent with each other. And I've never really understood why people enjoy watching these types of things for fun. But hey, this is what humans, human beings do. And so, you know, initially when all of this devastating footage started popping up on my social media feed, I really wanted to look away. I really did. I, I didn't want to look. And I started going into this, well, I'm just too sensitive. But then God told me, don't look away. Don't look away because if these people have to live through this, then you can watch it. And I will tell you that in witnessing the suffering that I have seen, it has cracked my heart wide open to new dimensions. You know, and, and that has not come with a lot of ease. It's not fun or easy to watch people suffering. I've cried a lot of tears. It's, it's led me to a lot of deep introspection within myself about what kind of person I want to be in this world, what kind of things I want to support, who I want to be, and who I want to walk beside. Because as I watch people and as I watch how people handle their reactions to these types of things, I see that perhaps I'm not in alignment with all of these spiritual people who appear to speak the same language as me and maybe offer some of the same services that I do because I cannot ignore the cries of suffering people. I cannot bury my head in the sand and, and pretend that these things are not going on. I cannot ignore this type of suffering in the name of staying in a high vibration, which is what a lot of people do. You know, there's a lot of misconstrued beliefs in the spiritual and new age world that in order for us to, to manifest and create, we need to be in this high vibration, which means having no negative emotions or feelings or reactions to anything, which is not only impossible because we're deep feeling beings, but it's it's really delusional. You know, we, we and in fact, Anyone who knows about how energy works or how to process emotions, we have to understand that it is the embracing and the commitment to fully feeling all of our feelings and accepting them that leads to the eventual transmutation of those feelings. We have to truly feel and honor those feelings. And there's plenty of things to be angry about in this world. There's plenty of things to be sad about and not even just in the world level, you know, on a very basic human level. So, you know, I, I said recently in the post, I said, we, we can't gaslight ourselves 
out of the systems of oppression. And you know, there's so many people who talk about this new earth that we're creating, but how can we create the new earth if we don't understand and break down the old system? You know, we, we can't, it's like if you wanna clean your house, you have to clean up the mess before you can have a beautiful clean house. We have to clean up this mess of the old system and the old world as I see it, before we can truly usher in this new world that so many of us desire and so many of us are talking about. And actually, we are doing this simultaneously. We are creating the new world as we break down the old world. Now, for me, my spiritual awakening came hand in hand with this confirmation of what I had known and felt my whole life, even as a child, I felt this deep sense of something is not right on this planet. I saw how people manipulated people. I saw how people lied to get their needs met. I saw how leaders would hold themselves and speak in a certain way in order to convince people to believe what they're saying, regardless if what they were saying was true or not. I felt the, the manipulation even inside of advertisements on commercials. And so when I had my awakening, which was more than 25 years ago now, it was literally, it was hand in hand with this understanding of what is really going on in the world behind the scenes and all of the deception and things that, you know, that some people might call, you know, the Illuminati or the elite and all the different ways that we've been lied to throughout our lives, which was just a confirmation of what I had felt. So for me personally, those two things came together. I, I was sort of catapulted into a very high spiritual state because of a kind of energy work and healing work that I was doing at the time. And at the same time, having this complete mind-boggling, mind-blowing you know, expansion of coming to understand what is really going on in the world behind what we're seeing and behind what we're, what we're being told. And for me, this was a great confirmation and it really confirmed the intuitive feelings that I'd had my whole life about how the world is and how it operates, okay? So the other reason why people don't speak up might be, you know, some people say, um, it's not my responsibility. And I've heard this a lot in speaking to people over the past few months. And again, I, I would offer to that, that if you live in a country, if you live in Canada, or if you live in the United States or any country that's in any way supporting any, any genocide, any, which unfortunately, a lot of the countries that we live in do give money that supplies aid to different countries. You know, if we're talking about the genocides that are going on, like in the Congo and, you know, in Sudan, we're, we're talking about, you know, sometimes like in the Congo specifically, those, that, th those people are dying because of the mining of the minerals that are used to make our smartphones, our laptops, and our electric cars. So if you have any one of those things, then yes, it is your responsibility as a consumer to, to have some kind of understanding and being willing to make some sort of effort, which the way I look at it, saying something or speaking up is the least you can do. It's the easiest thing that you can do. And I know that it can feel very frightening for some people and it can feel very scary, but you know, 
the only way to get through it is just to do it. And the moment that you do it, that in itself is an act of revolution, just to speak up and to speak out. And it is very powerful. And it's not easy. I will tell you that, you know, even for myself as someone who's always been willing to speak up about things, you know, I was raised you know, by, you know, my dad was involved in politics. So I always went to demonstrations when I was a child. Like, you know, I went to lots of, you know, different peace marches and different like demonstrations and, and marches and protests, um, not just with my family, but also my grade five and six teacher who was a guest on this podcast, uh, Valerie Jerome. She was an amazing, she was an activist and her son was the leader of the Green Party at the time here in Vancouver. So um, we would, you know, we protested outside of McDonald's, we protested for different, you know, environmental causes. And so I was always taught that, you know, going out and, and attending protests and demonstrating and using your voice was an effective way to, um, you know, create change in the world. And I believe in that. Now, there's a lot of people who don't believe in this. And this is why, and you know, these are the same people that probably don't vote because they say that there's no point. And these are probably the same people who will say, there's nothing we can do. So there's no point in doing anything. But you know, history shows us over and over again, that people coming out to protest, people demonstrating is, and has always been an effective way to create change on the planet. I mean, so many massive changes in history were pushed forward through the public, through people going out and, and protesting and demanding and fighting for their rights. And, you know, I think that for the most part at this time on the planet, despite there being a lot of terrible things going on, we can also say that there are large uh, areas and large populations all over the world who live in relative peace. Relative peace meaning everyone was conquering everybody at one point. And it does feel like we have gotten to some sort of point in our human evolution where at least we do have whole societies of people living all over the world where people live in you know relative peace. There is no world war. People are able to have a good quality of life where, you know, yes, there's always the threat of random violence because of, you know, there's always going to be a well, not always, but there, you know, there's always sort of a, a cross-section or subsection of people who might be prone to violence for, for some reason or another. But for the most part, you know, we, we live in relative peace in many places all over the world, which I take as a sign of human evolution. And yet we have multiple genocides going on on this planet uh, simultaneously. And I, I, what I do, what I'm grateful for, for the situation with Palestine and Israel is that it has brought more awareness and more focus on all of the other genocides going on all around the world. So any way you slice it, if you're afraid to speak about Palestine and Israel for whatever reason, if that's not going to be your cause, you know what? There's other genocides that could use your attention. There's other causes. There are plenty of things that we can speak up against and that we can use our voice in order to to create change. So another reason that people might not want to speak up is that uh, they don't want to disrupt their business content. Okay. Now, and, and, and I have some, I have some remedies for this because this is what I've been doing for the past, for years, I've been active online. You know, it started, um, 
what, what did I have first? Maybe I had Facebook first. I was really active on Twitter for a while. Um, then it sort of switched to Facebook. And for the past few years, I would say that I've been mostly active on Instagram. And for, for years, over a decade now, I've sort of just showed up online pretty regularly, mostly sharing you know, positive messages with people and messages of love. You know, it started with, um, I did like angel messages every day on Twitter. I used to do like angel card stuff and they were all with the intention of spreading positivity, spreading light and spreading joy. So when I started integrating some of the more activism stuff into my, like into my online, you know, presence, it was a bit of a journey. And so for me personally, I've always sort of had a bit of a conflict between different parts of myself because, you know, I received some incorrect training or or messaging around spirituality, whereas that if, you know, I was spiritual or perhaps it's just an idea or an old belief system, maybe a karmic one, I'm not sure, but you know, there's a lot of sort of belief systems that say that, you know, if you are spiritual, you, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can do this and you can't do that. And, you know, there's, there's a few different places that I can go here, but just to stay on topic, you know, I had sort of a bit of a conflict within myself around the activist part of me, which is very strong, which is, you know, more of a, there's a very angry sort of energy. It's a fiery energy in my activist personality. And, you know, then this more spiritual part of me that I thought it was sort of more noble and spiritual to just sort of show up and be positive and share messages of light and sort of not to give any energy to this negative stuff. And then I would notice that, you know, when I would post activism stuff, like on Facebook in particular, sometimes I get little to no interaction. But then as soon as I post, either a pretty picture or a joke or something funny. It's like I get so much interaction. So it kind of frustrated me. And I was like, well, why don't people want to interact when it comes to these more serious issues that are actually really more pressing and some of the things that we should be talking about, you know? And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, But, you know, I I did notice that. And so then this is why I've constantly had to refine my why, why? And why am I doing everything that I do? Am I doing it to get attention? Am I doing it to get followers? Am I doing it to get business? Or am I doing everything that I can do from the purest place that I can muster up as a human being who's inherently flawed is my primary intention to be of service, to be, to come from a place of love, which is what I'm constantly trying to bring my, bring my, my focus back to and purify that because, you know, I am human. Of course, you know, there's other intentions that creep in. Like, sure, I want to make money. Sure, I want to reach more people. All of those things. And yet, what I have learned is that the more that I really purify my intention and my why of what I am doing, it's not about the quantity. It is not about how many people I reach or how many people respond. It's about the quality of the interactions, the conversations, and the response responses that I'm getting. And especially when it comes to some of these world events, we have to find ways to talk about these things. And we have to find ways to converse with people that we don't agree with, because this is where the healing is. And we have to learn how to speak about things that we are passionate about and to be able to still be respectful when we bump up against people who don't agree with us. Because, you know, fundamentally, whenever we have a conflict, whenever there's an issue, we see this and we see this right now, fighting becomes a mess. War becomes a giant mess. It doesn't 
really achieve anything except for destruction and more destruction. And what we need to do is learn how to sit with one another and to communicate and to speak and also to learn to listen because that is the only way that we are going to resolve some of the issues that we have here. So when we are bringing up some of these topics online, yes, it can be highly charged. Yes, you can receive receive opposition, which is another reason why people don't want to speak up because they are afraid of rocking the boat. They are afraid of being... Um, uh, creating conflict. They are afraid of being responded to in a way that they might not know how to respond. You know, and this can this can go back to so many different issues. You know, if you grew up in a household where you were afraid to speak up for yourself because you know you might get beaten or you might get punished if you said something that your parent or caregiver didn't like, that that trauma, that pattern is gonna be embedded in your body, in your voice, and in your nervous system. And it's gonna make you want to hesitate because the equation in your being is going to be like, if I speak up, I'm going to get in trouble. There's going to be a punishment. And you know what? Sometimes there is. I have made bold statements. I have said things and, you know, I've lost followers. I've lost, you know, but at the end of the day, the way I started to look at that is like, if somebody is going to make that move, which they can, if they want to, we can, you know, you can follow and unfollow whoever you want to, whenever you want to. And we do so for different reasons. I'm sure if you look at your own patterns, you'll see, you know, something might make you want to unfollow somebody that you unfollowed for a long time. And, and that's okay. And we have to sort of get to the point where if you feel in your heart and your soul that you're called to speak out on something, you've got to just do it. And, and that's how you just start. You know, you just have to do it. And then it becomes this sort of practice of trial and error. And sometimes it works and sometimes it maybe doesn't work the way that you want it to. And I always come back to a really profound statement that one of my mentors always says, and it's, what if there's nothing wrong? What if there's nothing wrong? You know, I caught myself going over some some things that happened to me in the past few years. And I just kept harping on the fact that I had made certain mistakes that had led up to certain things playing out the way that they did. But in 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 and being able to look at it a little bit differently, and especially from that perspective of what if there was nothing wrong, what I realized was that actually what appeared to be mistakes were the answers to my prayers because the mistakes revealed what I needed to see and know in order to be clear about the clarity that I was asking for about certain people and situations in my prayers. So if those uncomfortable, you know, incidences and mistakes, so to speak, had not happened, I would not have the knowledge and the information that I have today that I needed to have in order to move forward in pure clarity. Because if you're like me, and I think a lot of light workers and empaths are like this, because we're so sensitive and the more that we up level, it's like I require a certain type of energetic alignment in my being that comes from both myself, but also the people around me. And so if something feels off, I'm constantly praying for the truth to be revealed. And it always is. I say this all the time. I find out everything, everything I will find out because I have like my angel team on it. I have God on it and God is going to reveal to me anything that I need to know about someone around me who's out of integrity or, you know, maybe trying to take something for me, coming after me, all those kinds of things. Those things are always revealed to me and because that's my prayer. So, you know, 
when we are trying to master this sort of art, which is, is like, don't even look at it as trying to master it. Just, just start out with, if you're currently afraid to speak up right now, think about what you, first of all, do you actually want to speak up or not? Because some people do and some people don't. Now, I know for me, over the past few months, something very unusual happened was that I did not know what to say. And that's very unusual for me because I almost always have something to say, okay? It's I can sit here and I can talk into this microphone for the next four hours and bore you all with whatever I feel like saying. You know, I drive, you know, there's some people close to me that are just like, my God, do you know that I listen to you for hours? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So for me to have this experience of not knowing what to say because I was so disturbed and traumatized and hurt and upset by some of the things that I was seeing coming towards me on my social media feed, like the absolute devastation of watching, you know, children being blown to bits, babies being pulled out of rubble, you know, people starving, people crying out saying, please show me, show, show the world what is happening to us. Like, please help us. And feeling so helpless in not being able to do much other than, you know, share and talk a little bit and, you know, sign petitions and and send emails and call reps and those types of things. Other than that, feeling very, very helpless. And inside of that, for the first time in a long time, I legitimately felt like I don't know what to say anymore, but I honored that. I honored that and I did continue to amplify other voices, share things in my stories and just sort of wait for that to pass. And and it did and it has. And so now I'm back on a path again where I have the uh, the energy and the clarity to to speak more freely again, which is more like myself. And I also trust that that period of silence in me not knowing that that was also purposeful somehow in order for me to process. But, you know, I do see it as a some sort of a responsibility that we have as teachers, as leaders, and as healers to to, to be able to comment on what is happening out there in the world, to be able to speak to what is happening out there in the world. Because as well, even if we're not talking about it in social media, chances are behind the scenes we're dealing with this because we're perhaps working with clients who are affected by some of these you know, disasters that we see. Um, perhaps, you know, some of us are running groups of people where like, I know in some of the groups that I'm in, even though my mentor doesn't always necessarily make big political statements about things, her work is always focused on love and light and healing. And inside of her private groups behind the scenes, there's intense discussions going on about all kinds of things to do with world events. So, and the thing about healers in general is that we do do a lot of work behind the scenes. And I've always said this, you know, some people are here to pray and march in the streets. Some people are here to be a strong voice for something. Some people are praying. Some people are doing, you know, like spiritual people where we got people that are doing grid work. They're doing all kinds of really profound work. You know, I've met on my travels over the years, I've met people that, you know, will probably never be known to the public that literally are guided to travel all over the world and do really profound work, um, healing the land, um, healing the grids, doing ceremony, doing prayer work. And this is all very, very important. But, and, and, you know, in general, a lot of these people are not on social media. This is really for the people and especially the spiritual entrepreneurs who are already out there on social media. You have a platform, you're already using this platform to run your business, you can use this platform to, to, to support 
the world and to to offer you know support to to people who are suffering out there in the world you know this is how i look at it and it's and this is now what i can share a little bit about how i've done this and and some of the things that have worked for me and some of the ways that you can start to do this without disrupting the flow of your business and really keeping your business still focused and streamlined on whatever it is that you're teaching whether it's you know wellness or meditation or yoga or you know anything inside of that even manifestation and i have to say my big beef is with the teachers of manifestation who are out there, who are active on social media, who are, you know, really making use of these digital platforms, but not really using their platform to say anything. Because to me, like, if if you're going to teach about manifestation, which, you know, manifestation is a very important piece to, to, to learn about. And I think it's one of the first sort of pieces on the spiritual journey is that we have to understand that we do have power as creators and that we are not victims to our reality. This is a very important piece to, to understand, um, especially at the beginning of the journey, you know? And yet, if you're just out there teaching people how to manifest and using these manifestation gifts for yourself and in order to only generate material things for yourself and I, I just don't really see how this is fully in integrity. Like we have to be using some of these gifts that we have for the world. And sometimes I feel like, you know, the spiritual industry is nothing more than just an extension of the white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. And we have these, you know, certain people who are so-called leading these movements with these really big followings that don't actually use their followings to do or say anything other than, you know, what seems to be a very sort of selfishly and materially focused practice of a, like teaching people how to just manifest things like material things for themselves and then marketing themselves in this way that's really very like, you know, it's kind of like the Kim Kardashians of, of, of spirituality. It's really sort of wild to me. And then you have these people so-called, you know, leading these movements with hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of followers, you know, and, and I've been watching some of these people. And I, I have to say a lot of these big spiritual leaders, I don't follow a lot of them anyway, because I don't really like them. I don't vibe with them. I, I never have. Some of them, you know, I'm not naming names here. I'm not going to name names. You know, there's one very well-known spiritual teacher and author. She has over a million followers. She's a New York Times bestselling author. And I've been watching her. I don't follow her because I've never really vibed with her, to be honest. But, you know, I've been watching her posts and her stories over the past few months to see if and how she is commenting on any of the world events that are going on. And, you know, she's been criticized in the past for not using her platform to draw more attention to social, uh, you know, to social causes. And I believe that her sort of response to that is that that's not her brand and she doesn't have a responsibility to do that. So like, yes, you know, granted she teaches about peace and, and meditation and all of these things, which are, which are good. But yet, you know, to me, I'm like, wow, I only, you know, I only wish sometimes that I had a bigger following so that when I really feel passionate about things that I could potentially, you know, meet that, you know, affect more people. And yet at the same time, you know, having a relatively smaller following for me means that, you know, I've been able to experiment a lot more with what works and what, what doesn't work for me, you know, just having about, like, I think I have like 5,000 followers on most of my like 5,000 Facebook friends, 5,000 Instagram followers. Like it's a good number, you know, it's, it's, there's enough people there that I can sort of test out 
what I'm saying and, and knowing that I'm reaching some people. And at the same time, I, you know, have thought on many occasions, gosh, like I'm kind of glad I don't have this big, huge following right now because it's it, the pressure would be even more so. Even and I, and I want to talk about this pressure and I want to talk about what I think sometimes really highly spiritual and empathic people feel when they go to post something. And and I've I've heard this from a lot of people. And the, what stops a lot of spiritual and empathetic people from really posting and sharing is that. Um, Before they go to share, it's like they, they feel this overwhelming energy. They might feel really nervous. They might feel really like I've heard people tell me, and I can relate to this because I had to work through this as well. Like it's a very strong charge. It's like they feel this real life or death, like intensity around speaking up and they feel a lot of fear. And often for empathetic and spiritual people, also what that is, is the, the premonition and the knowing of all the energy that's going to come at them once they make this post. And so this is what can be really, I think, triggering and confusing confronting for a lot of empathetic people when they're online is that because they feel things so deeply, they can feel everyone's projections. They can feel people's responses sometimes in advance. And so it can be really challenging. And for me, one of the things that I feel that my social media sort of practices and uh, experiments have helped me with is really not caring what people think so much anymore, you know, and just really getting into my own truth about things. And because now I also know how I can communicate certain difficult things in a way that can kind of soften it a little bit so it can land with people. Because that's important too. Like when we decide to share, there's a lot of sometimes hesitation around what language should we use. And this goes back to, for me, you know, Working in guidance for everyone is imperative, especially anyone who is, you know, any kind of a healer or spiritual or anything like that. Like we have to follow our own guidance and everyone is going to be guided differently. And some days I've been guided to make some really more fiery posts and other days I've been guided to tone it down. And I, and I have to trust that. And I know that my most effective and my most, I would say, successful posts are not necessarily based on the number of people that I've reached, but again, the response. What was the response? What was the result? And sometimes people won't tell you in the comments. They will message you. This happens to me a lot. Sometimes people don't want to get in a public discussion, so they'll send you a DM and they'll message you and you'll get into some conversations behind the scenes, which is all good, you know? And sometimes we have to weigh out what is the best way that we can be of service. And I know that, you know, sometimes I've stayed out of certain public con uh, public discussions because I know that the connections and some of the relationships that I have behind the scenes can be nurtured in a way that's potentially more effective or more conducive to some kind of positive outcome than me saying something about it online. So sometimes I'll hold off on that. So I think we all have to trust in how we're guided, but I absolutely, I, I have to be honest, like some of these accounts where it's like, I, I find find it almost offensive. It's like there are all these things publicly going on being shown to us all over the world that are just horrific and you're sitting there flashing some kind of a, you know, 
your rich lifestyle and bragging about how much you have and, you know, really materially focused, which again, while there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with generating things for yourself, it seems very insensitive during certain times to just be continually focused on that and nothing else. Now, this comes back to really one of the most easiest ways that you can start to integrate some more socially conscious content is just by doing a bit of, you don't have to make every post about what you're, you know, what you feel strongly about or making a public statement about something that's going on in the world, you know, you can alternate them. And and if you don't want to make any posts, because I know some people have a certain aesthetic that they're going after, which can be very important for your online business, especially if you're design based, you know, it's absolutely like on Instagram, you know, a lot of the visual design is what's going to lead people into your page and into your business. And then other people I know, it's like, they're literally focused on their business because they know that if they generate more money in their business and they can use that money or those funds to be able to help causes. So again, like everybody's going about this in their own way, but you don't have to, you can keep your page very streamlined, focused on your own business while still finding ways to integrate social causes and awareness about different things that are going on in the world. If you don't want to make posts, you can make stories. You can share things to your stories, which disappear every 24 hours. And then if you want to make them, if you want to make them last longer, you just make them into a highlight reel on your Instagram page. So then there's a highlight there and you could have maybe one highlight that is dedicated to some of the causes that you support. This is the thing in this work. I am not telling people what to support, who to support, what cause to support nothing like that. You know, I always say I'm fine and I actually enjoy debating with people that have opposing views to me. Why? Because at least they care about something. What terrifies me is people's apathy. What terrifies me is to have an opinion about nothing. That, that is what boggles my mind. And this is what has deeply disturbed me over the past few months is watching all of these people, some of whom I know, some of whom I don't, that claim that they are here to be light workers and to share, you know, to spread light on the planet. And they're here to, you know, on a mission of some kind. And yet they don't talk about anything that's really important other than manifesting. And it's like they're, they're, they're giving no energy or attention to these really serious things that are going on out there into the world that we need to look at. And as well, because if you have had any type of, you know, spiritual or metaphysical or new age or even religious understanding, you understand that on some level, every tradition is telling us that we are all one. We are all one. So everything that's going on there outside in the world is a reflection of our own consciousness. And I got to say that what is being reflected back to us inside of a lot of this is people's inner sociopath, our people's inner narcissist, the, the, the part of people that are so caught up in what they're doing and how they look that they don't have time or space to advocate for others. The parts of people that are so apathetic and shut off and closed down that they, they choose to turn a blind eye to the suffering of others while focusing on the betterment of themselves. That is sociopathic. Okay, that is what our world leaders do. And see, we are all a part of this. And these, this is the deep shadow work that a lot of people don't want to do. But I'm telling you, if you do this work, it will change your life. And I have done this work over the past three months because I found myself frozen at some points. Now, 
In regards to the Israel and Palestinian conflict, I have a lot of loyalties to Jewish people, a lot. I have grown up with Jewish people my whole life. At one time, my entire clientele was Jewish people. I love Jewish people. As I thought about it, I'm like, I can't think of one Jewish person that I don't like that's done me wrong. All I can say about them as a whole is they're a very kind, hardworking group of people who are very loyal to you if you're loyal to them. And I learned a lot about community through them. And I really admire the way that they form and sustain such strong communities with one another. And I know how much Israel means to Jewish people. I know. I had an Israeli soldier boyfriend once. He told me all about his, he was an officer in the army. It was, it, it, he, he would cry to me about some of the things that he had experienced. And he was just trying to get his head together after doing his army service. You know, I met him when we were traveling. So I have a lot of loyalties to Jewish and Israeli people. So there's certain things that I didn't want to speak up against because I didn't want to offend them. And then yet, over the past you know, five or 10 years, as I really dove into my decolonization work, I learned about the struggles of Palestine. And I learned that some of the things that I had learned about Israel and it were not necessarily what I believed them to be. And at the end of the day, when we're talking about this specific conflict, what it comes down to for me is, I don't wanna see innocent people suffering ever. I don't care who they are, you know? My premise for being on this planet is that all human beings deserve equal and fair treatment regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of their religion, regardless of any 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 determining factor. We all deserve equal and fair treatment. Even even criminals deserve good treatment, you know, because some people are not balanced. They're not well in themselves and they do need to be removed from society for the safety of others. And those people, they deserve you know, to be well taken care of inside of their experience. I absolutely believe that, you know? And then, you know, talking about Israel and Palestine, it's really ironic. I have a collection of the um, the keffiyeh scarves. I've worn them for years. I probably, I wore them to my Jewish, you know, clients' houses all the time. And they never said anything because I had a Muslim ex-husband. And he, you know, he he had a bunch of these scarves and I got them from him and I've worn them for years. And, and in my decolonization journey, I started to understand about the plights of the Palestinians. And now the Palestinians have completely captured my heart because watching them, again, in being guided, not to look away. What I have seen has changed me forever to see that level of real violence and real war crimes being played out in front of my eyes. It's broken my heart, but it's also brought me into this deep state of gratitude that like every bite of food I have, every glass of water I'm grateful for because I think about them in their situation and what they don't have right now. You know, I am in a profound state of gratitude for everything that I have because of seeing this, you know, it's having my heart broken through witnessing their suffering has broken it into new dimensions and has just affirmed to me why I'm here on this planet. You know, I was born on the International Day of Peace. I'm passionate about wanting peace on this planet amongst all people, you know? I said this to somebody that I was debating with the other day. She, I said, you know, like, I don't care who these people are. Nobody, nobody deserves to be treated this way, ever. And we need to work together as a global community to ensure that all of these genocides and all of this gross mistreatment of other human beings, that it stops, okay? So I feel passionate about that. And inside of that, I'm, I'm willing to disrupt my business. I'm willing to disrupt my music. I'm willing to disrupt all of it. And funny enough, 
I was having this conversation with a friend of mine a few nights ago and I was saying, you know, it's always the same ones. It's always the same group of us that I find year after year, you know, especially since, you know, social media has come into the picture. Like whenever there's things going on in the world, it's always, you know, amongst my artist friends, my healer friends, my activist friends, it's always the same ones of us that are coming forward to have the conversations who really deeply care. And I'm grateful for every single one of those people. And I see every single one of you. And I got to say, we need more of us to engage in these discussions. Now, I think sometimes spiritual people kind of go into this whole like law of attraction thing and thinking that like, you know, this is true. What you put your focus on, you receive, you, you, you know, you receive. Absolutely. Like focus is very important. We, we understand this from the law of attraction. Again, not denying manifestation, not denying the right or the desire or, you know, that saying there's anything wrong with, with wanting to create things or receive things for ourselves. Absolutely not. It's just that, what are we using these skills for? Are, are we are we choosing to look away from the suffering of others because it's low vibration? I would say that what is actually low vibration is to ignore the suffering of others while being completely focused on only what you can get for yourself. That is selfish. That is narcissistic. That is sociopathic. And we all have that. And I've had to examine all of these things inside of myself. So as I found myself at different points and hesitating, not wanting to say anything, I realized that those are also the programs of the system of you know white supremacy that live in me and all the messages that I've gotten not to speak up and, and wanting to not say anything as not to offend other people. And then I went beyond that and I realized I don't care who I offend. I am against the intentional caused suffering of innocent people. I don't care who they are, whether they're Palestinian, whether they're Israeli, whether they are from the Congo, whether they're from Australia, anywhere. I am always for the people and I'm always for all people living in safety. And that's the side, so to speak, I'm going to take. And also, you know, I, I believe at the end of the day, like, there are no sides. You know, there's this wonderful um, author. His name is Jaya John. I believe I, I follow him on Instagram and he's incredible. And one of, I posted one of his uh, quotes on my Instagram. And the last line he said, uh, the world is a womb and we need to heal. And I agree. The world is a womb and we need to heal. And, you know, it's okay to want things for yourself. It's okay to have a spiritual business. It's okay to manifest and make as much money as you want. But please, if you have a platform, if you're already out there on social media and you are choosing to say nothing while innocent people are literally being slaughtered on live feed for everyone to see, I really ask you, to look deep into yourself and ask yourself, what the heck is your spiritual business and your spiritual practice for if you cannot use and apply those tools for some sort of justice, to, to be a voice for others, to use your platform and the people that listen to you to help Create, generate this ripple of collective consciousness that we need that is not just about this, oh, like it's all love and light. And this is kind of the problem with all this spiritual stuff sometimes. It's like, it's so, and I say this as a very reformed, and I am a magical thinker. You know, I think all kinds of things that people, and you know, I do all kinds of things. Like, come on, I talk to angels. I talk to dead people. Like I hear voices. I, I, I do things that people will consider me, you know, could consider me being crazy, but I'm also very practical in some ways. I'm very practical. And, you know, 
we need all voices on deck, especially, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. She literally is not on social media. I think she has one, um, one Facebook page that she logs into every like once a year. Other than that, she's not really online or on social media. So I said to her, you know, you're a different case. You're sort of exempt because you're not on there. I am speaking to the people who are taking up space in social media already that are choosing not to give any of that space. I'm not saying you have to give all of your space. Even 10% is a start. It's like, you know, 10 is a great number. It's like in tithing, you know, those of us who come from a church background or who are familiar with this idea, tithe actually relates back, that word relates back to the word of like a 10th. And this number 10 is a magical number. So even if you just started by dedicating about 10% of your content to making some kind of comment about things, that could be huge. And also there's a way and there's an art to talk about things without being too specific because also certain words will trigger the algorithm. And I do you understand that people are trying to protect their businesses and protect their followings by not saying certain things that are controversial because of course you know the algorithm will trip up with certain words someone who's doing a fantastic job of this right now is Lala Delia I don't know if I'm saying her name right I adore this woman she's fantastic but she does a wonderful job of really speaking to world issues in a direct but indirect way so I encourage you to check her out and I would say that that is something that I am constantly perfecting how to do as well. And it's something that I can do fairly well as well. And it's something that I get comments from a lot of people. And a lot of people will say to me things like, you know, <clears throat> Elise, you can talk about things that, um, that I don't agree with you, but I can listen to you and I can hear you and you have a really respectful way of speaking about things that's like easy to understand and accept. And I'm like, glory, hallelujah. Okay, that that is what I'm trying to do because I'm trying to bridge this gap. I'm trying to meet people in the middle while also still holding really firm boundaries and really firm knowing for myself about what it is that I stand for. And I'm also at a certain point where if you, if there's certain things that if you come at me with in a certain way, then you're just showing me that I probably don't really want you in my immediate sphere. And maybe you're not my ideal client or you're not my ideal music listener or all those kinds of things. And that's okay. Cause this world is full of all kinds of people and we can't please everyone. And the truth is, is that the stronger you get rooted in your purpose, the more you're going to draw people to you that are in alignment with you and you're going to repel the people who are not. And that is okay. You know, like we can't do everything for everyone. So um, eh, last piece here is if you're not sure what to say, if, if there's things going on in the world and you feel like you want to say something, but you don't, a really appropriate and easy thing that you can do is just call for world peace. Take a stand for peace on earth. If you don't want to get specific, if you don't feel that you have enough information about something, which is actually really good because with all the misinformation that is out there on the internet, I would say, let's try to stay away from talking about things that we don't know about. But you can still say things like, I take a stand for peace on earth. I, you know, I am opposed to genocidal killings of people. I am, you know, I take a stand for, you know, this group of people, you know, I stand for indigenous rights. I honor the people of the land, you know, for healers, a really important thing that we should all be doing. If you're not already learn about the traditional name that you, uh, the, learn about the traditional land that you live on, learn the name of the traditional land that you live on. You know, if you live in Canada, the United States, almost everywhere, there is a traditional indigenous name to the place that you live. Learn that name, call out that name. 
you know, honor the ancestors of the land that you came from. That is really powerful. And that is, you know, part of the decolonization work as I see it, because we have to honor, you know, the, the, the struggles that the land has been through itself. So I think, you know, start with it, start with the 10% rule, start dedicating 10% of your content to, and again, I'm not even telling you what causes to support, just find a cause and support something. You know, there, there's all kinds of things out there that need supporting. And there's all kinds of world events right now that are literally calling for our voice. And it's been really disheartening to see only such a small percentage of the online world actually coming forward to stand up for some really horrendous things that are happening out there in the world right now. And that nobody can claim that they don't know about these things because they are literally, it's literally right in our face. So don't look away. Lean in. There are so many gifts. You know, the, the Palestinian people refer to themselves as martyrs. And I said recently in a, in a story on my Instagram, I said, you know, they are, they are martyrs to show us how complacent and how uh, apathetic we are as a society that we can just sit here and watch people being literally bulldozed and slaughtered and do and say nothing. Like this is very disturbing. Disturbing. This is a very disturbing phenomenon of our times. And I'm, you know, I recognize that at some points during the past three months, like I've been very angry and sort of projected some of that energy outwards at people. And I don't want feel, people to feel that I'm attacking them. Yes, I am angry. But, you know, like uh, Leah Ardent, who's one of my uh, Facebook friends, who's just a phenomenal healer and teacher. And she she's also another great example of people who just, she just goes all in on everything. She said the other day in one of her posts, she said, I was born outraged. And I, I relate to that so deeply because I feel like I was as well. And, you know, people talk about, you know, the indigo children and the crystal, crystal children and all of this. So I'm like a textbook indigo, okay? Indigos started coming onto the planet in 1975 and higher. They're not just children. So there's a lot of people who are born in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, who are all indigo energy. The indigos are here. We have a little bit of anger in us. We have a little bit of fire, not even a little, a lot sometimes, because we are here to break down the old systems. There might be a small handful of spiritual people who are vibrating in the crystal or the rainbow energy who are not a part of that energy. Their consciousness comes from another place. But most of us, what is needed right now in this moment, we got to fire back at the system. We got to find that fire and use that fire through our voice, through our art, and through our words and use that fire to fuel something better, not just for us. Don't just dedicate your manifestation in your spiritual practice for us. I mean, maybe for yourself. Maybe this comes from me being involved in Buddhism for so many years and still, you know, but I'm such a Buddhist at heart. And the essence of being a practicing Buddhist is that you dedicate your life and your practice to the enlightenment of all sentient beings, that you're praying every day and every prayer that you speak for all human beings and for all sentient beings to be freed from suffering. This is a very deep practice and it goes very deep. And I hope that whatever your spiritual practice is, and I know that perhaps a lot of spiritual people feel like they don't have to say anything because their spiritual practice is their practice. And I understand that, but we all have a voice. And if you are on social media, if you're on there every day, if you have a platform, if you have people that are listening to you, 
please use your voice, use your platform, okay? I am here, I am available. You can always email me through my website, suryadeviworld.com. I'm on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, suryadeviworld. Please, if you want more help with this, uh, send me a message. I do private sessions with people. I'm thinking about starting up like a um, a monthly group, like a very low cost sort of monthly group to support people in this. But my, you know, please feel free to reach out. I've been actively and consciously doing this work, doing these kinds of experiments, um, you know, uh, learning the best way to express myself in, on social media for years now. And I want to help. I want to help because I know there's a lot of powerful voices out there and a lot of people who have something to say but are not saying it because of fear, because of all the different reasons that I mentioned above. I want to help you. I hope this has motivated you. Trust me, it's it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun. You might meet up with some opposition. You might have people that argue with you. But you know what? You're going to live. You're going to survive. And every time you do it, you're going to get better at it. And you're going to get stronger. And you're going to get to the point where you just stand in your truth and what you stand for. And you're not afraid to speak for it anymore. And that is the kind of energy that we need to move into the new earth. People who know what they stand for, who aren't afraid to speak for what they stand for. Because if you are afraid to speak, how how high vibration is that? And that's not a judgment. But it, it can't just be, we can't just look away. We can't just, oh, I'm only gonna pay attention to what's in my reality because that's what's good for me. I'm sorry, that's selfish. We're better than this. We are here, not just for ourselves, but for each other. And until all of us are free, none of us are free. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of A Voice for Love. As always, I welcome your feedback. Uh, feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And I send you all so much love. Peace. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so that you can be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to stand up for what you believe in. Peace.